San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFNB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle, down a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. You can get this show on iTunes if you search the title, It's Your Money and Your Life. We stream live on 760kfmb.com, and all these podcasts are commercial-free uh, if you go to iymoney.com. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished American. Uh, Runner. He's a best-selling author. He's a philanthropist and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? Doing great, as always, Joe. It's good to be here, <laughs> doing another show about, well, my profession, so I can't wait. Likewise. Hey, I think we're going to outlast David Letterman. I don't know if you've been catching any of these shows this week, but, you know, his last is uh, May 22nd, and, uh, you know, this week he had President Obama on. Have you been, is that too late? Is that past your bedtime, Richard? No, I've, I've, I sometimes. I, well, I usually don't watch TV. <laughs> oh, I don't really? care what time my bedtime is. Well, it's always interesting when uh, the First Lady or how, the President shows up. How come up. we haven't had the President on? <laughs> you know what? He, uh, he'll have, he's looking for stuff to do. Uh, in a couple of years, we'll get him uh, maybe when he retires. Or We've whatnot. had a lot of people who work for presidents on. Yeah, I'll tell you, they, they're, they're, he's pretty funny. I mean, good, great sense of humor. And uh, but all these last few shows have been pretty interesting. So uh, hope. And you know what? Uh, you can even go on CBS.com and you, you got to search through the commercials, but uh, you can actually watch that show again. And last uh, this week, you know, they had the. Uh, I think it was an hour and a half special about uh, you know all the all the years, the thirty years he's been on. Or since 78. You know, he played in San Diego, David Letterman, before he even got on television. He was at the Comedy Store in uh, La Jolla. And I'm trying to think if he played when the Comedy Store was in Pacific Beach in 1977 before you were born, Richard. <laughs> that I do not know. I do know Robin Williams was there because I saw him before. Anyway, you get too much, too much information there. And um, anyway, playoff time in, uh, in uh, basketball, hockey, any, uh, anything you're following there at all or not so much? Not really. No? I have a hard time watching basketball until the final round. Gotcha. It goes on forever. Well, the Bulls uh, uh, took the first the game Bulls, from The Cleveland. Bulls will beat Cleveland. You think? Yeah, because Cleveland's got that guy out injured. Oh, I was thinking LeBron James. He's on Miami now, right? Did he no, go back no, to Miami? No, he, no, but... It, I can't keep track of him. What team's he on now? He's on Cleveland. He's, okay, the Bulls back. will be Cleveland. Oh, Joe. that's right. Back. Wow, that'd be cool. They will. That'd Prom be interesting. I promise. All right. Yeah. And uh, I know you've given up on the Padres, but... Yep. Uh, <laughs> Well, come down to one game in, in, uh, in one of the suites down there. We've got uh, a friend with some suites. I, I had Little League teams that could feel better than those guys. <laughs> but anyway, we've got an important guest on the line, and she is a radical. She's a radical CPA. And speaking of Illinois. <laughs> and that her website is The Radical CPA, and she's uh, an accomplished speaker and, and author and one of the foremost visionaries and pioneers in your profession, Richard, the CPA. And she's disrupting the whole accounting uh, sphere and her name is Jody Padar, which rhymes with radar. Jody, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Wonderful, wonderful. Dude, anyway, Jody, Jody, quick question: how, how how did anybody ever come up with putting the word radical and, and the initial CPA in the same sentence? <laughs> um, well, I don't know because I think if you like have seen me out and about, there are a lot of people who think I am quite radical. I don't think that I am, but I guess um, my reputation precedes me. I, I, you know, when I was young, I actually met a real radical. I met Angela Davis. If you remember, well, you're too young, obviously, to remember 
um, you know, what Went was going UC on. At UCSD, right? Or taught Exactly. There. Taught at UCSD. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Black Panthers and that whole thing. I mean, I know you weren't even around here in the late 60s. But um, right, that, yeah, that was that a real was, radical um, before so, I was born. So. You know, the kind that would blow buildings up. And I know Bernie Sanders is making a lot of noise, yeah, too. He's, he's somewhat radical, although he's now he's becoming a Democratic socialist as opposed to a socialist through and through. But uh, in any case, Jody, I, I see you. You got your bachelor's from St. Mary's and an MST from Northern Illinois. And I, I didn't have time to look up that degree. So what is an MST? Um, Mystery Science Theater. No, actually. <laughs> that goes really good at the she counting, is, though. She is radical. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. You caught me off guard there. <laughs> you weren't expecting no, it, right? No, I, wa I wasn't. No, but uh, that is a bona fide degree, right? <laughs> no, actually, it's a Master's of Science in Taxation. So it's an additional 10 courses at a master's level just in tax. Wow. So, um yeah, it's pretty exciting in the CPA world. Huh. A Master of Science in, ta in Taxation. Yep. Wow, And so the interesting thing about an MST is, you know, the tax law is always changing. So really what it does is it helps you learn how to research and understand the complexity of it. Because you know the tax law is always going to be changing. So it's not like you learn it and then it's over. Um, it's just learning how to really learn how to understand and apply tax law principles to taxation and to, um, you know, now the just being a CPA kind of thing. Tax code is 70,000 pages, right? And reg rules, regs, and all. If you total it all up, is that uh, about right? Um, I don't yeah. know. It's really, really thick. Yeah, it's really <laughs> thick. The, 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 the neat thing is it's gotten so complicated, the IRS doesn't even understand the rules anymore. No. Right. <laughs> We need some radical work on this. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jody, uh, we know your website is theradicalcpa.com, so uh, maybe you could tell us after school uh, your, your, your career path and, and how you arrived at uh, this radical position and, what, and uh, what, what you're up to. So what happened after um, school? Sure. So, like, right when I graduated school, like everybody else, I went to work at a big firm. Um, I was at PwC. It was PW at the time. And, Price Waterhouse. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, Price Waterhouse. Used to be the and Elite was, Eight, and then it uh, was something. Now they're in the, they call it the Final Four now. Is that about right? Yeah. Okay. When I was there, there were six. Okay. So, um, and I worked in the technology group. I actually didn't work in auditor tax. I actually worked in a technology group. Mm -hmm. um, and then I left there after like a year and a half, um, whatever, and I went to work uh, in industry for a couple years. And then I went to work for what, what I would consider a mid-sized CPA firm, so seven partners and about 50 or so um, team members. Mm -hmm. And I spent eight years in two small mid-sized firms. And... Uh, I was a mom working part-time and feeling like I was not getting, um, you know, my, my justice at that mm -hmm. firm, feeling that, um, you know, they saw me as a part-time tax person, not as a person who was going to actually make a difference at the firm. And I left. Mm -hmm. And I joined my dad's firm, which is interesting enough because I grew up in a tax firm. So my dad is, you know, a CPA. He's been a CPA for, you know, almost 50 years now. Um, he was in industry, but I left my firm and said, okay, Dad, I'm ready to join you. Um, and his firm was mostly 1040s, um, but I knew that if I wanted it to be an annual practice that I had to work with small businesses, and that's where my specialty was anyways, kind of in that small business realm. And 
I started doing things differently. And it was part of it was just the time, right? It was um, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. It's almost nine years ago now. And the cloud was just starting. Mm. And so it was my technology of choice because it was kind of where the progressive CPAs were going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for new software and learning to do things new ways because I was leaving this kind of old school practice. And I came to know this software called PayCycle, um, which is now Intuit Online Payroll. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually acquired by Intuit. And I realized that using the cloud radically changed my firm and kind of disrupted everything that I knew and that I had to rethink everything that I had learned in practice management and start fresh. And it was awesome. So because what I realized is that I could actually add more value to my clients by using this technology Mm -hmm. and then throw in social media. And now you have practice management three, uh, you know, 3.0 and, you know, add in value because you can't bill two minutes or you're going to make yourself crazy Mm because if things are taking you two minutes, now how are you going to charge for it? So Mm -hmm. you had to radically change, um, you know, how you ran your practice and billing by time no longer worked because it was only taking me two minutes and then throw in all the new process and all the new disruption. And that's kind of how I came up with the Radical CPA. And I met a bunch of friends or cohorts on Twitter about five years ago. And we were coined a movement by the AICPA um, as a reflection of what they thought the profession would look like in the future. And so it's kind of crazy that it all began on Twitter. I just heard heard that Amazon is going to be offering cloud computing services, and it's valued at $66 billion, which is a huge chunk of their, uh, I think, their whole valuation. (laughs) So I guess uh, it's taking almost over many aspects of, of business and commerce today. Right, cloud computing. Yeah, I mean it, and it should be right Mm -hmm. because it's easier to work with the cloud than it is to work on desktop. And and everyone thinks it's new, but it's really kind of going back to old school ways because all the cloud is is really like a mainframe. It's just a remote rebirth. It's a remote remote servers is basically it, right? Basically, they're taking the hardware out of your your office or company and and they're doing it someplace. But but Jody, backing up quickly, what what were the challenges of of the old fashioned way of, of CPAs working in terms of actually giving great value to customers? in the small business arena, um, what I found was, and I think a lot of it was just the compression, right? Is like you only saw your clients once a year, and so everything was squished into this thing called tax season. Actually, you only so, saw your family <laughs> once a year, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> right. And so, and you can't do tax planning during tax season because you've already missed your opportunities. So for me, it was a way to kind of um, even out the workflow mm-hmm. and even out the workload and solve that very real business problem of you only have so many hours in a day during tax season, so how do you push the work outside of tax season? And then using the technology and the pricing methodologies around it to actually run your firm in a proactive, I'll say, because I can say this myself, in just a better way, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the old firms or the old school CPA firms have gotten it wrong for Mm -hmm. the last at least 20 years, if not longer, Mm -hmm. because you know, they create a lot of this compression themselves. Ooh, let's hold that thought. You can tell us how they got it wrong. We're going to take a little break right now, Jody. But right back with Jody Paydar, the Radical CPA, right after this. 
All right, there's some good Chicago music. Uh, Bob Newhart show. We're back with Jody Paydar, the Radical CPA. I believe she's in Illinois. And uh, you're there, Jody. Yep, I'm here All in right. Chicago. There you go. So you remember Bob Newhart show? He's from Oak Park, you know. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I didn't. Okay, now you do. <laughs> we had his best friend on the show too, a guy named Don Rickles. That was fun. But anyway. So Jody wrote, you wrote a great book called The Radical CPA. Uh, l- let me ask you a question. I- in your opinion, are most CPAs selling things that customers really want to buy, or are they not? No, they're not, they're not selling anything they want to buy. They're selling them a tax return and an obsolete financial statement, and they're not giving them the insight and the foresight into their business that small business owners really want and crave. And they're pushing them away by charging them based on time, um, and I know Ron Baker was here last week, right. and um, I was able to hear his show. And, and you know, it's not a very customer-friendly approach to charge someone based on, the, on time. And so it pushes the consumer away. And then how can a CPA be proactive when their clients aren't calling them? So it creates a bunch of problems that CPA firms have just kind of always, I think, dealt with instead of rethinking and retooling and thinking about a different business model or a new approach. Yeah, I mean, the joke is you say you spent eight years at your old firm, but the joke is if you looked at your timesheets, it'd be 15 years. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, so that being said, what, what are customers of CPA firms really wanting? Because in my world, there's a huge difference between what clients or customers need. They, obviously, they need a tax return. But, but what, what, what things do they really, really want that they, for the most part, aren't so, getting from the CPA profession? I, I think they want insight into their business. I mean, when you look at all these business coaches that have come around and stuff, I mean, who should be the better coach? Because we are in their financial underwear drawers. We understand, right. like, the backbone of their business, and yet they're being coached by other people, which doesn't make any sense to me. And when we look at it from a consumer perspective, the world has changed around us. And that's why I think, you know, I wrote the Radical CPA, and I think a lot of this stuff applied years ago. But I think the convergence of technology and social media and all the things that have changed the world really make it so that we really have to change or we're just going to be obsolete, which kind of stinks. Yeah, Ron made the like, point. I didn't that go he, to school to be a CPA to be obsolete. Yeah, exactly. Ron made the point that he questions how relevant the profession is. I know back when I started in the profession, which was 1979, um, I had just turned 21 years old. Um, CPAs, and for this matter, attorneys, wealth advisors, we all possessed, uh, I guess you would call it proprietary knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. information and knowledge that the general public couldn't get their hands on. That. But now, because we're in the technological age, so much of what we know is easily knowable or discoverable just by Googling key terms. And, and so the value of a lot of our old-fashioned knowledge has gone down greatly. Sell, that's why, have, that, yeah, have that's why tax returns have become a price-based commodity, yeah. for example. I was been wondering, have, have uh, salaries, salaries and wages been affected in the accounting profession as they have in, in other fields? Because I know there's a deflation going on. Or uh, What's your opinion as to starting, starting salaries then and now? Well, I think in the big firms, they're still like kind of the same, right? Because they're mm-hmm. like... but. In the smaller firms, um, just because there's been enough candidates out there, mm-hmm. I think that they've gone down a little bit because for you know there were we're just kind of coming off of um, the opportunity to hire a ton of people, right? Just mm-hmm. Because the economy has itself, and now I think you know that it's it's harder to find people. But um, yeah, so I, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. I just I know that like in the small firm um, arena. 
we can still find people. I mean, we haven't had a problem finding people. So, Jody, you said you said this for you know the the profession needs to change. Now, most CPAs don't change now. They change well way later after everybody else has changed. First, what, what right. what's going to happen if the profession just sort of sits on there? Because you know the average age of a CPA in this country is something like fifty-seven years of age. What's going to happen if the profession just sort of well, sits around I think for ten years? Some of what they do is just going to be eaten up by technology. So I think that's okay because what's left for the value add will just go to the CPAs who get it. So Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of CPAs who are plugging and chugging, and it it doesn't matter because the computers are just going to take over the work that they – that they said they did or the work that they were doing, right? So the technology is going to help us from the fact that we're not going to need as many CPAs. But, um, you know, the the real valuable CPAs, they're going to be, um, you know, in great demand because they're actually offering something of value, not something that um, a computer can do. Yeah, I think the other phenomenon is, and you mentioned this earlier, there's a lot of outside competition coming from non-CPA firms for a lot of functions that used to be considered the domain of the CPA. Right. I mean, we have that most trusted business advisor spot, Mm -hmm. right? And yet we're not capitalizing on it. We're not taking advantage of the information and the data that we have at our fingertips. And for that, I think that's kind of sad because we have all that information and we have the ability to really help small businesses. And yet, um, I don't know why we're not, and when I say we, not me, but like why the profession as a whole is not. And, and I know there are pockets of really good CPAs out there who do do it, um, but I don't understand why, um, why more CPAs aren't, aren't figuring it out. And I don't know if they're just too busy because they're charging by the hour or they're just too busy because they haven't taken the time to really learn the technology to make it help run their businesses better. Um, I, I have a theory. Saying, I, I'm just going to retire, so I don't care. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I have a theory. I think that the profession historically has not been very customer centric. That is to say, CPAs think of things CPA centrically. They think of the processes to accomplish things CPA firm or CPA centrically. I rarely meet CPAs who say, "What do my customers really want?" or "What do my customers really value?" And, and right. it just I doesn't think get asked I think often they're enough. more concerned about themselves looking at things internally. How can I get this done faster? Right. How, How can, can I, I be make more my workflow faster? How do I reference out. my work papers? Uh, and, right. And, all, bill, and bill at the same rate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't believe more uh, CPAs don't hook up with economists and do more business analytics and, and help out businesses that way because, especially in the startup realm, but that would be very helpful, I, I would think. Do, do any of them do that? Um, not that I know of, but I think that's a good uh, you know, a good idea. The other thing that I find really interesting is, you know, the AICPA did the 150-hour rule, and they've made CPAs more technical, mm-hmm. which is I don't believe is necessarily a good thing. I think they should have given them more of a liberal arts background and taught them how to communicate better and analyze things better instead of just, like, plug and chunk numbers better because um, I think that, you know, that's one of the pieces that when you're looking at a consulting practice, that's one of the pieces that you really need, and I think that the average EPA candidate doesn't have it. Yeah, I agree, and I think way too much of the uh, continuing education requirement in most states is um, way too technical. Mm-hmm. So, so people skills and communication skills 101 for, uh, for the profession you think would help, huh? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. And Jody, what about demographics, the young people, the millennials? 
opportunity for them in this profession? Them especially. (laughs) Um, Well, I think the young people have a real opportunity here because they don't have all the baggage. And they can, and this is kind of scary, but they can go to YouTube and figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that because that's who my competition is. It isn't the old school CPAs who have legacy client bases. It's the 23-year-olds who I see opening shop um, on the web and are killing it. Um, bringing in new clients and servicing them in the way they want to be serviced. And never before had generations been, I guess, so gutsy to say, you know, I'm just going to hang a shingle out and be a CPA, and I'm 23 years old, and I have very limited experience. Um, But the information and the access to the information is out there now that they can do it. Um, I'm not saying how good they are because I'm I'm not going to go there, but to me it's amazing um, because I know when I was that age, I would have never said, oh, I'm just going to open a CPA shop, whatever. Yeah, and then the other cool thing, in my humble opinion, is is that you can basically serve custo- customers now anywhere in the world because of what you mentioned before, the cloud technology and so on. It used to be you were sort of limited to your neighborhood or your town. Well, right. And the other thing is, is now think about what LinkedIn and social media has mm-hmm. done. So if you are opening as a a sole practitioner and you're 23 years old and you need help, you can go right online to some LinkedIn group and you can connect with other professionals and get the information that you need from them and be part of these groups to, like, really have a strong peer group to help you grow. So you don't need to have somebody sitting next to you to show you how to do something. You have the ability to reach out to them virtually and get the help and support you need, which to me is priceless for small firms and sole practitioners. Yeah, I, I tell people social media has expanded into what I call social business, mm-hmm. where you can have all of those resources at your fingertips and literally not even have to ever see another human being, not that that would be healthy. Right, which <laughs> brings into, like, what are the state societies going to do? Because you no longer need to be connected to a state CPA society. Well, most you of them are so be far connected. behind the times. In terms, I mean, the AICPA at least is making some progress. You've got some progressive state societies, obviously Tom Hood with Maryland. and. Mm-hmm. But, but like out here in California, I tell people if you want to go back to 1997, go to a California State Society CPA meeting. Yeah, we've got about a minute left. you want to plug your book or anything, Jody? Bef- as we plug your up. book. It's a great book. <laughs> okay, I read it. So I love it. My book is The Radical CPA, New Rules for the Future Ready Firm, and it's a pretty cool book if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. And at the back, there's some actual activities that can make it into a workbook that could actually help you change your firm and um, learn how to do things in the new way without losing all your legacy customers and um, learning how to transition them as well. Here we go. Change your firm, change your life. Jody Paydar, Radical CPA, thank you so much for being our guest. Her website is theradicalcpa.com, and we really enjoyed having you on. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch, okay? Awesome. Thanks, you guys. All Thanks, right. Jody. All right. Take care now. Take care. We'll be right back after this. We're back with the second half of the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, IYMoney.com. Now over to Richard to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors, Michael Caranta and Drew Friedis with UBS. Could not do it without UBS. Speaking of CPAs who are the new breed, Jason Kruger of Signature Analytics, by far and away the best CFO company here on the West Coast. He's got five offices now on the West Coast, Joe. Mm. Polito Epic CPAs, our favorite CPAs up in San Marcos, Don Epic and Paul Polito. They're going to be on the show in early June. Carl Sheeler, who I heard present earlier this week at a family office conference with Berkeley Research Group, the best business valuation firm on the planet, maybe in the entire stratosphere. 
cost segregation initiatives, Joel Grushkin, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Brenda Geiger with the Geiger Law Office, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. She's got a nice continuing education event coming up here on May 14th. Check out our website. Lane Elliott, California Republic Bank, a very interesting niche market bank that serves wealthy families and family offices. Hub International, also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, great employee benefits firm. Upcoming guest, Paul Hines with Hearthstone Wealth Management. Paul represents End Financial Elder Abuse Alliance. LG Experience and the Lombardi Group helping uh, CPAs become heroes to their very best clients and helping wealth advisors help those CPAs do that. And last but not least, women's professional tennis coming back to Carlsbad, California during Thanksgiving week this week. The Carlsbad, I mean this year, the Carlsbad Classic, cldclassic.com. Check out that website. And Joe, what other website should all of our listeners check out? Well, if they want to find out about our sponsors, just get over to iymoney.com and get your cursor over to the sponsors tab. There's a drop-down menu there. You can click on any one or all of them. All of their information is there, their their phone numbers, emails, everything else, per, uh, background information. And I know they've all been working with Richard for many, many years with great success. Is that correct? In some cases, almost 30 years. <laughs> I don't like saying that out loud. <laughs> Older than some ties I have, right? That's Longer it. than some ties I have. But, uh, hey, on the line, we've got another special uh, disruptive person in the field of uh, finance and accounting. He's in uh, New Zealand. He's the director of Spotlight Reporting, and he's got an illustrious background, a director of many companies and chairs uh, others, and uh, we're going to get into all of that with Richard Francis. Richard, are you there? I am here, all the way from Wellington, New Zealand. Wow, how so about that? You've set the record. You you are the longest distance call we have ever made from the radio studio. So. And we're, we're a few rocks down here at the bottom end of the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. but you're about, you're about a day ahead of us, though, I think, right? About, I think, 19 hours, something yeah. like that. So, yeah, uh, it's Wednesday. We've already had our Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, I saw a film recently about, uh, I think it was filmed in Wellington, uh, about some, uh, it's like a mockumentary about vampires. Did you hear anything about that? I think it's what we do in the shadows. Have you heard anything about I that? I have seen that, Is yeah. It's nice yeah. to actually have another movie and not just uh, Lord of the Rings and Hobbits, which are a little bit over by now. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but speaking of what people do in the shadows, we're talking about the profession of accountancy. <laughs> and vampires. By <laughs> It was a funny movie, by the way. I no, thought. the IRS, the, you know, the revenue, the, the tax collectors are the vampires. But, well, but well, seriously, Richard. Well, like, connection with the accounting industry, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Richard, you... you um, Quick, brief background on you and, and how you came to be doing what you're doing. Tell us briefly, though, first of all, so our listeners know, what, what is Spotlight Reporting? It's, I think it's a really cool thing, but for most of our listeners, yeah, it's a brand new concept. Um, so Spotlight Reporting is a um, suite of cloud software product, and we're focused on business intelligence. So we bring in um, a range of data from leading software products to create reports, dashboards, and forecasts. Um, so some of our key data sources, zero QuickBooks, uh, Google Analytics, Bend, um, you can bring in data from other sources via Excel. We have some other integrations coming. So, yeah, we bring in uh, a lot of data and, and essentially allow accountants or business owners to create, um, you know, reports that, that drive insight and clarity, hopefully. Hmm. Uh, and, and and I know the history of the accounting profession, for example, in this country, the U.S., it, it's basically been that people create financial statements well, well after the fact and don't necessarily use it for looking into the future. So what you're doing basically helps business owners actually peer into the future, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a CPA and I 
um, have always done a lot of value-added um, kind of trusted advisor work. So it's almost a personal <laughs> campaign of mine to try and get CPAs all around the world looking forward rather than back um, and doing useful work rather than uh, historic bean counting. So, you know, I've, I, I heard, you know, Ron Baker and, and the like talking about this and I'm, I'm just on the same page. What we're trying to do is actually provide the tools that allow, allow CPAs to have that trusted advisor relationship with their clients. Mm-hmm. And briefly, what's your background uh, in terms of how you came to be a CPA, where you got your experience, why you went into the business? Sure. So I'm a, an accidental CPA, really. So I, I went to university and and did all the all the courses, that, you know, where the good looking girls were, things like classics and history, and and um, and realised that really I needed to get a job. So I did accounting as one of my majors, and the next thing I knew, I was at a big accounting firm and 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 had a shoebox full of receipts land on my desk, and was told to do accounts that were about a year after the fact, yeah. and. Um, Luckily, in that first week in my career, I thought, yeah, there's something wrong here. <laughs> this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't useful. This isn't adding value, and, and this will probably explain why all the clients are grumpy. So um, <laughs> I very quickly attached myself to the one or two people in the firm who seemed to be doing other stuff, you know, the consultants. Um, and from there, I, I decided to really focus on doing strategic work, mentoring work, financial analysis, trend analysis, um, and to fast forward, you know, through through a decade of, of learning the trade, I then set up my own business here in Wellington. Um, and we became one of the first cloud accounting practices in the world. And I had the good fortune to know the Zero guys, Rod Drury and Hamish Edwards. Mm-hmm. And we became the first independent accounting firm to sign up to Zero and um, essentially go 100% cloud. So we were not only kind of in that exciting nexus of cloud accounting, um, but also the trusted advisor value, you know, value pricing stuff that you hear the likes of uh, Ron Baker and Doug Sleater talk about. So um, that's where it all started. And essentially from there, uh, I saw the opportunity to get into software for other accounting firms. Hmm. Yeah, and for our listeners who don't know, Zero uh, is newer to the U.S. than it is to New Zealand. It originated out of New Zealand, but it's essentially a very, very neat competitor with QuickBooks. I think a much better product, no offense to QuickBooks, which is an excellent product as well, but I just think a much more facile But um, it's, spelled, it's spelled X-E-R-O, and um, did they give that any thought there, Richard? Because obviously, you know, if you're in a con- conversing with somebody at a cocktail party and tell them, uh, we got to go check out Zero Accounting. I'm sure, Z-E- <laughs> I'm sure Z-E-R-O was taken, and further, yeah, z- z- Zero Accounting, I know. Well, for income tax, that's good. Yeah. You know, get the profits <laughs> down I, to I zero. I certainly but... know that down here, um, it's really hard to spell zero with a Z now. We all spell it with an X because, of course, you know, everyone's related in New Zealand, so everyone uses zero. Oh, okay. um, Interesting. What, what's been really exciting for us is to not only be able to coattail zero um, with, you know, we're strong in New Zealand, we're strong in Australia, we're growing really fast in the UK. We've got boots on the ground in the US where we play with both QuickBooks Online and Zero, and mm-hmm. look, I think they're both wonderful products. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've got quite a quite a, a Zero background. I had a, another product that we built acquired by Zero a couple of years ago, so I've, um, as part of an equa hire deal, I was in there part time as a, as a general manager for Zero. So the connection goes way back, um, but we we aspire to integrate with all the best um, cloud products around the world. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is uh, a lot of it's real time, isn't it, for companies, which uh, wasn't the case in the past. Is that is that the beauty of it, or part of the part of the uh, the attraction? 
Yeah, look, I think there's some wonderful stuff um, that you can surface on the dashboard of accounting products now. And I just think if you're going into the industry now, it's such an exciting time to start your own practice. Um, I actively encourage accountants when I'm out on the road, you know, showing our software and talking about the new accounting industry that, you know, if you're stuck in a big firm or a, or a traditional firm and you're not enjoying what you're doing, you know, get out there and start your own practice. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to choose from all these wonderful cloud tools at, at low cost, you know, subscription cost, not to have to buy all the infrastructure you used to have to buy when I started, you know, servers and things. Hmm. Um, if you've got your messaging right, I think there's a wonderful opportunity to to get um, you know new clients in and and also to see clients leaving the traditional firms because they're you know they to be honest they're sick of getting that once a year historic interaction. Yeah, because I mean what, what you're doing, I mean what, what's going on in terms of value in the profession is is helping business owners know where they are right now and where they're moving into the future. Re- you know, reporting history. It only serves it, it the purpose of so maybe obvious, creating a baseline, but, but there's no um, problem. It, it seems so obvious uh, that this is what accountants should be doing, and, and I know traditionally in the, in, in the U.S., uh, CPAs haven't always been, been seen in that guise, and, and we're, we're struggling with that worldwide And that there's probably 20% of the industry that intuitively understands mm-hmm. that they are the person that should be giving uh, you know, business advice and looking to the future. Mm-hmm. The rest of the profession, there to be honest, has been a bit smug and a bit, bit lazy because they just get this uh, yeah, tsunami of compliance work every year. Yeah, uh, pardon me for interrupting, though, there, Richard. We have to take a short commercial break, but we'll be right back with Richard Francis from Wellington, New Zealand, right after this. Hang on. All right, we're riding into the home stretch here with Richard Francis. He's director of Spotlight Reporting, uh, one of the innovative minds in the field of accounting and the CPA work. And uh, where did we leave off, Richard? Well, Joe, we're shining the spotlight on Richard Francis. But, Richard, I, I was reading uh, your website. I noticed that Spotlight Spotlight was recently named, I guess this was in um, New Zealand, as being the add-on partner of the year. Is that correct? That's right. We've, we've just come back from ZeroCon uh, in Auckland, and it's the 13th ZeroCon I've been to, so I've been to all of them. Okay. Um, and it's just a, re- a really exciting time of the year for accountants. Um, Zero try and make it as much uh, of a rock star event as they can, uh, and you see these accountants come out of their shells and, and have a really good time. But <laughs> yes, we won the global add-on of the year, which was really exciting for us because there's I think there's 450 software companies now that work with Xero. Hmm. Uh, so to be singled out um, was a huge honour. And, um, you know, obviously our accounting partners and the people that work with us on our software are, are testimony to, uh, you know, the, the hard work we've put in. But, no, um, it was a really good pat on the back, and, you know, we're thrilled. We've got a, a little bit of a foggy head at the moment still. It was a big weekend. Well, good. That's uh, congratulations. Now I I know there's a zero con coming up in Denver, Colorado. I think in early June. You're going to be there. That's right. Yes, we're going to be there. We've got our U.S. director of sales, Leslie Riggs, will be there as well, and I'm also bringing over one of our, our team members to help us out. So we, you know, being down here in New Zealand, we have to travel a lot to go to all the big events, and we're at. Um, zero cons all around the world. We'll be supporting QuickBooks Connect later in the year. Uh, there's always Doug Sleater's gig mm-hmm. and a couple of others as well. So uh, we're, we're so excited by the US market, and it's a couple of years behind in terms of um, thinking about the cloud. But you know, obviously, the scale you have there and the great minds you have there, you know, it's, it's just somewhere we all want to play. 
Yeah, we, we have a joke with the U.S. about accounting firms. That the joke is, is why did the auditor cross the road? And the answer is because last year's work paper said the auditor crossed the road. But we do have, <laughs> we do have a number of younger practitioners primarily. No, they're not all younger. Some are my age in their 50s who are really, really changing our profession and actually starting to drive their service offerings based on what their customers really want as opposed to merely things their customers need like historical financial statements or income tax returns. So it's really, really neat to see. And obviously, tools like Spotlight, Zero, all kinds of other applications, the cloud itself, I think, are going to be a huge part of, of the, you know, the profession moving into, I think, a period of much greater relevancy than maybe it's been in over the last um, 10 well, or 15 relevancy years. Relevancy is a great word. Um, you know, Ron Baker uses that a lot. And, and one of the things um, that I saw was, you know, um, I'm in my cloud practice. I'm giving advice to lots of good young businesses. But how do I scale this? How do I make it relevant globally? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of accountants around the world and in the U.S. who understand where the profession needs to go, but they were lacking the, well, how do I get there? So Spotlight Reporting exists as a tool suite to allow them to, at the push of a button, um, you know, drag in massive amounts of data and uh, essentially automatically have reports and forecasts at their fingertips to, to create conversations with their clients. So... I think we're trying to make it easy for CPAs to do something useful, and we've got several hundred accounting firms around the world, from the big four names you'll know right through to the you know the guys mm-hmm. working from home who are who are using the tools. And uh, it's exciting for us because we're just starting to see, alongside some of our other software company peers in the cloud, you know the needle starting to move in the right direction. Yeah, you said something I love. You said it helps CPAs have conversations or discussions with their clients. That to me, that's frequently something that's been missing um, with historical reporting. It's just somebody, like you said, you get a shoebox, you crank out numbers, here's your financial statement, and there is no discussion or conversation whatsoever. And that's not uh, healthy. We, we, we've set a really low bar of expectation in our industry, and, and it pains me to say it, but mm-hmm. um, there's too many people that have earned too comfortable an income from doing work of, of no value or, or very limited value. Um, and I think the younger accountants coming through, but also the younger clients who are setting up businesses now, their expectations are so much higher. Um, they're not going to sit there uh, and, and just wait for that phone call from their accountant once a year. They're going to um, demand business advice and help to succeed. So I think there's a really interesting change happening. I wish it was happening faster, but it is happening, so I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, well, certainly the consumer demand is, is going to force the change. I mean, I, I believe any CPA in this country who doesn't change within 10 years will simply be out of business. And in many, many, that's their game plan anyway. The average age of a CPA in the U.S. is about 56. I'm not sure if that mirrors the average age in New Zealand or not. But um, Yeah, it is, it is definitely um, a, a kind of a graying demographic. Uh, that, but, but you know, within each of those firms and, and the guys who are uh, managers or team leaders for those 56-year-olds, they're the ones looking around going, hey, my peers are setting up cool cloud businesses. They're going off to Xerocon or Box Connect. They're having a lot of fun, and they're actually having really good conversations with their clients. I mean, we have a number of our users, the, the, the best ones we call super VCFOs, mm-hmm. And they are sitting down and just doing a constant round of growth meetings, strategy meetings, mentoring meetings with their clients. Um, and they're an integral part of their success. And once you've had a taste of that, why would you go back to compliance land? Yeah, I agree. What, what, what do you think Spotlight would look like, say, five five years from now? Dominate the U.S.? Or 
Well, you know, we're aiming at world domination, but there's, okay. <laughs> there's, lots, there's lots of room for all of us. There's lots of business intelligence tools out there and lots of options. Um, so our main uh, focus is on continuing to listen to accountants and business owners. So we do sell directly into franchises and not-for-profits as well because mm-hmm. we, can, we can do consolidation and rankings and benchmarks, which are important to those kinds of organisations. But if we keep listening and we keep investing heavily in products, um, we, we've had an investment round last year, we'll have another one this year, then um, I think our tools can move as quickly as the technology curve and the, and the customer expectation curve as well. Um, you know, you can't afford to, to get left behind as some of the big accounting software companies have been. We only have a couple of minutes here left, though, Richard. Uh, I guess we should plug ZeroCon in Denver coming up June 2 through 4. And if people go to XERO.com, they could find out more about that for people in the profession, Indeed. right? And, and we should plug SpotlightReporting.com. Yes. That's your Thank website, you. Thank you. Right? I would love to talk to more American CPAs at um, ZeroCon in Denver. It's going to be there you it's go. be an absolutely wonderful event. And Zero always uh, put on great events. I so went to the one in. Uh, I know the one in San Francisco last year was really, really well attended. Um, yeah, and I'm assuming this one will even be bigger and better. I just looked it up. It's at the Center for Performing, the Denver Center for Performing Arts or something. It looks like a really wonderful uh, venue. So it looks like be a big turnout there. You'll, you'll see CPAs there wearing like tie dye T shirts. I mean, just <laughs> radicals, <laughs> radical CPAs. <laughs> I won't mention anything about the marijuana laws there, but it's going to be <laughs> oh, time. Is that why they had it in Denver? Aha, okay. Now we're <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. We're, we're going to get high on accounting, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. I don't partake, but that is funny. So. That is funny. <laughs> so, Richard, do you, do you have any new, real cool ideas, well, we, we products in place that you don't have non-disclosure so you, you can tell us in 10, in 10 seconds? seconds? <laughs> We've got we've got some um, probably our, our big thing ha- happening is we're launching our three-way cloud forecasting tool um, uh, at ZeroCon. So okay. we, we're really excited by that. Yeah. That's just bringing all of that <coughs> all of that future-focused forecasting stuff into play for, for CPAs. Wonderful. So. wonderful, Richard. Thanks for Richard, being really our appreciate guest. It. Email Richard at spotlightreporting.com if you want to get in touch, folks. Anyway, uh, Richard Musio, great seeing you this week, and uh, Justin Thank Hart. You. Yes, Justin Hart, our sound engineer, thanks for making us sound great. Thanks to Craig Blank, your account executive, and our programming genius here at KFMB, Dave Sniff. You have a great week, everybody, and get over to iwymoney.com for all those commercial-free podcasts. Good night now.